What is good, dear friends? Thank you so much for joining us once again on a tasty episode of the Coffee Roasters Warm-Up Sessions. Um, there's some kind of horn being blown outside. It's like some kind of conch. Almost like almost like a tsunami warning, which is kind of spooky. It's an alarm system. Oh, the, alarm the other system. day, the other evening, I think, they were testing the either the earthquake alarm or the I think it was the tsunami alarm Dude, where my apartment is. I, I believe it's it. Near the water, and it was like yeah. going off. This, I don't know. It sounded like a movie. It sounded like, what's that? Um, there's this sound on TikTok that went viral. It's like... I think it's either like the Blade Runner song or like hmm. the soundtrack where it's like the alarm of like, um, man, I don't know. I'm not as forget TikTok it, savvy forget it, as folks. you are. We'll just brew another cup of Tasty Batch. Um, ooh. Only you can hear the bubbles going. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Guys, <laughs> why? <laughs> oh man, to those folks who are l- listening. Mistake. Oh, this is an episode to watch on video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too All right. hot. Okay, this is the worst experience ever. <laughs> but then everybody who has enjoyed a cup of joe has had this stain. Just reminds me of driving. Driving in traffic. God. Classic. <laughs> Good old spill it down your white button-up oh, collar Christ. shirt. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, that's, that's the worst. God. Why? Cl- classic movie scene of trying to rub it out with the tie, <laughs> like the backside <laughs> of the tie. <laughs> get it out, get it out. And then you know that's only the foreshadow of something else worse happening. <laughs> Always. <laughs> You're trying to park and you hit a yeah, car. Yeah, You're yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Like, God. All of you watching this video, this YouTube, this podcast will not mm. quit looking at that for the rest of the podcast. Mark, is that eucalyptus? No. <laughs> Serge, okay. We need to ban these flavor notes <laughs> forever. Get them out of your palate. Blackberry, stone fruit, <laughs> eucalyptus. And, and, uh, is, was that and, one of our coffees? And <laughs> it needs to go. We need more descriptors. <laughs> That's intriguing. Different than yesterday's broom. Was it yesterday when we roasted? You mm-hmm. put this coffee up. Mm. I think we'd <coughs> definitely drop this coffee a little early. I think. Even though it was going pretty dark. You think it needs to go darker? No, 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 no. It needs to go lighter, but we just need to get a little more um, extended. DTR. I don't want to say it on the pod. DTR. Yeah, we went a little too hot into crack. I will say. um, Hot, not as in temperature, like just was going too fast. The mouthfeel? 
I actually kind of like it. It's kind of a little, um, a little creamy, velvety. It's definitely velvety. Um, it's nice. It's kind of like my cup of Joe. Yeah. Just yesterday's brew, like maybe this is a brewing issue. I don't know. But yesterday it was very juicy. A ton of acidity. I felt like it had more acidity yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's Which what it I'm could saying. have been because this coffee is literally two days off of roast. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things happening right now um, in the coffee. So this is even too early, I think, to brew it anyway. Um, you're not getting the full experience because, I mean, speaking of that, like, some of the coffees we're tasting and um, this is something I'd love to like, just like challenge all of you listeners, like get a coffee that you really like, that you've been enjoying, leave one brew for like four weeks, five weeks off yeah. of roast, just for kicks, like just for experimental purposes. Cause I mean, of course, depending on your brew method, it's going to be different, but um, sometimes we just don't let coffee shine because yeah. we're just too eager to finish them. For sure. So fast. But I do like the mouthfeel on this a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like body and like the tactile, it's super nice. It's like getting, so soft and mm-hmm. thick and like getting a little bit of like, a, like a strawberry a jam, but I could be I could be a little crazy. I don't know. But maybe a raspberry compote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just making that up. <laughs> well, I mean I'll take that as well. Um, well, folks, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, that was our little deconstruction of, um, the new coffee that's going to be dropping here in the near future, super near future. So keep your eyes peeled, uh, keep your ears open for that. Uh, today we honestly, uh, just shot out a poll on Instagram earlier this week and said, Hey, we're doing a Q and a session. So we're going to be reading questions right off of our, uh, Q&A responses and answering them. Uh, we're going to try to get to everybody, but we'll see how things go. We'll just go with the flow. Yeah. See what happens. See what happens. Exactly. So what do we got? Um, oh, man. Uh, let's hope these questions are still on there. Uh, okay. So uh, we got... Um, so there's a couple of repeats. And I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna do my best to try to understand uh, what y'all sent in. Uh, I could misunderstand you, which if I did, send us a DM. We'll answer it on another time. But, anyways, uh, despite its many drawbacks, do you guys recommend the Ode over the Encore? Ooh, this would probably not be a question that. I mean, I have. I've had. Uh, I've had experience with the Encore, so I can speak for the Encore. Um, I've had experience with the Virtuoso, which is kind of like an Encore knockoff. Or not knockoff, but like a nice version. Just a different mm-hmm. casing, pretty much. Um, but you've used both. You've yeah. actually used my Virtuoso. Yeah. And you've also used... You have the Ode right now. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I've used the Encore before. I don't know. I don't remember. No, I don't think I've owned one. I've used the Encore. Actually, the funny thing is Micah asked me that question too because he was huh. shopping for a grinder. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a few things. I wouldn't say that the Ode is a entry-level grinder. It's not priced like one. I mm-hmm. don't think it functions like one. Um, the only entry-level aspect of the Ode is that I feel like the dial and the grind settings themselves are like very, very simple and basic. Like they even have that little card on the back that tells you like 
different settings for different brew methods. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only entry-level part about it. Everything else, the burrs themselves, the stock burrs themselves, are like flat burrs. They're not conical. Um, I forget the exact size of them, but they're decently big For a whole burrs. grinder? Yeah, yeah, for a whole grinder. And the price on that is 300 I believe, plus tax. The Encore is an entry-level grinder. Mm-hmm. It is like basic. It's not as basic as maybe you would buy a Mr. Coffee Burr Mill. That, uh-huh. that was my first grinder. It's like a yeah. $20 Mr. Coffee Burr Mill that I used for years. Yeah. Um, it's better than that, 100%. Yeah, for sure. But it still has very basic setup, very, very simple. Um, and it has a very friendly price as well. Mm-hmm. So just comparing the basics, the two different sets of burrs, conical burrs versus flat burrs, mm-hmm. I would say, yes, you should probably go with the Ode. Yeah. Is that, was that the question? Like, yeah. which one you would choose? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The question is, once again... Um, but I oh, think man. I think the price difference is like almost double. So you would recommend the ode. So if over, you could af- if you could afford it, yeah, go with the ode for sure. Go with the ode over yeah. the encore. The encore, yeah, yeah. There's 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 a pretty sp- pretty spectacular so, difference. It's yeah. pretty powerful, right? And um, once again, like I think for people who are just getting into coffee, um, a grinder will make a world of a difference for your yeah, booze. Like it's, sure. it's a wild difference. And I've had multiple friends who would get a grinder, you know, from either my recommendation or whatever. And are like, mm-hmm. Oh dude, this is actually so such a big difference. And yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna just change up your whole brew game. So if you yeah. can definitely go, with is there that. another grinder question? Cause I have add something, but I don't want to spoil. There's another grinder question. Uh, no, there isn't. No. Yeah. So right now I'm also, playing with the ode and side by side with the comandante and that is a much closer comparison in a sense of price and that's where i would say like we'll we're probably going to shoot more content on this but that's where i say for almost the same price because comandante is what 350 360 like Like, even it's within a hundred dollars of each other and the comandante is like just unreal in comparison to the ode yeah yeah. Stay tuned on the YouTube yeah. channel. We'll hopefully be dropping that soon. Um, yeah, because there, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, um, totally. So, uh, cool. Uh, next step, next uh, couple questions. This is a qu- two questions, I think, from the same um, user. Uh, first question they asked was, best recipe for V60 and mm. top current coffee roasters that you recommend to try out? So, uh, best recipe for V60. It's kind of hard to break that down. It's a controversial but, question. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a very controversial. But yeah. maybe throw in maybe give us two, um, two or three things. Yeah. That, um, maybe two things maybe that you would um, recommend for for people to focus on when they're looking for the best recipe. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like, is it, I mean, whether it's bypass, whether it's, um, um, whether it's, you know, your, your pulsing, your swirling, your mm-hmm. bloom, your rate, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, easy. Uh, we actually shot that recipe, the very, very basic one yeah. on our YouTube channel. Um, yeah. I would say I still stick to that when I, when I don't know yeah. 20 in three twenty out, that's semi like medium fine grind size right there. 
Um, from there, I go with like three times the bloom, so about a 60-gram bloom, and I like swirl vigorously. Like I take on my the time bloom. on the bloom vigorously right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so possibly like almost like a 10-second swirl, like a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I pulsate once to 200, so mm-hmm. that would be 60, 140 grams of water. I get that in, and sometimes I give it a swirl. Sometimes I just leave it alone, depending yeah. on the coffee. I think especially if it's an Ethiopian natural, I wouldn't want to swirl in the middle one because it, it, fine migration will kill that brew. Um, but then at the end, I would give it a very, very light swirl. So that's you pour it up to 200, and then the last pulse, the third final um, pour, is going to be from 200 to 320, which is 120 grams of water. Mm-hmm. Very minor swirl. I, I mean, probably folks have seen Lance Hendricks' uh, uh, demonstration of what the swirl does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite obvious at this point that it's not really for agitation. Mm-hmm. It's for settling in the bed and having mm-hmm. possibly um, decreased uh, channeling. Mm-hmm. So the swirl doesn't have to be insane, just a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing, you know. I think oftentimes uh, we're looking for a new recipe, which is not bad. Um, there's a lot of things that you know we might be doing wrong, which mm-hmm. we'll learn in the future. But um, I think a big thing for me, just learning how to uh, be consistent, tighten up your routine so yeah. finely, so that you could just be like, so that when something goes wrong, you know exactly yeah. where that happened, you know, whether that's with your flow rate, you're just pouring very evenly. So you're not mm-hmm. just swinging the kettle around, yeah. you know, like uh, making sure you're, you know, your swirling is on point or yeah. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And then, I mean, after all, you're going to have to adjust this recipe yeah. probably to most coffees. Yeah. Um, most coffees won't brew the same, especially if you're doing like an African coffee versus South American mm-hmm. Right. Doing something that drastic, you will need to adjust your grind size and things kind of get a little complicated yeah. with yeah. that. So, And, you know, like I brew like those big, like on Sunday mornings, I brew those very uh, like what, five, four pour overs at once. Mm-hmm. And that's like super basic. No scales, no nothing. I find my, found my grind size. I found what it looks, uh, how much uh, water goes in mm-hmm. to the top of the cone. And I just pour that. And that's like super basic, two pulses. That's it. And just let it drip down. Yeah. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's brewing some like de- actually tasty coffee, probably yeah. better than um, like most like <laughs> cheap batch brewers. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's still good. You can still have a very good brew on the V60 without overcomplicating. And like you said, if you simplify all of your actions, if you mm-hmm. simplify... Um, all of your, basically those pulses, like the swirl or the, you know, Rayo Hoffman spin, whatever you call it, Mm -hmm. like can make things complicated because how do you monitor control it? And yeah. Yeah. Anyway, going off. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and quick top current roasters, coffee roasters that you recommend to try out. Give me two. Um, right off the top of my head, Manhattan. Easy. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, the last, like, I think what I bought Manhattan, well, we had Manhattan that stuck in my mind. Um, I had uh Kelowna, but that's from the UK. So I don't know if that I should recommend, um, in the United States, um, let's say regalia. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I can't. I can't, folks. I'm sorry. That's way too many, dude. Okay. Two, like, yeah, God, two. that's it. Two. That's way um, too many. I would go with uh, recently, I've been enjoying a lot of Elm coffee. Uh, I knew, um, that's why I didn't say that. Elm right out of Seattle, yeah. uh, right just near uh, near us. And then, um, say it. <laughs> God. I'm gonna say it, folks. I'm sorry. Proud Mary. There you go. Sorry. Didn't want to steal your answer. The glorious PM <laughs> yeah. from Portland. It's yeah. it's tasty. They're yeah. they're crushing it. And if you're a if you're a fan of wild funky coffees, mm-hmm. Proud Mary is the way to go. It's, um, so that's wonderful. Um, awesome. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Um, we're oh man, dude, our conversation is running out of time. We have a lot of big hitters here too. Uh, let's go quick on these next few mm-hmm. ones because I have a lot, uh, yeah. some saved later. So uh, what things should I, which this is something along the same lines, what things should I research to have more overall knowledge with brewing coffee at home? What things to research? Whoa. Um, easy. Just uh, read Jonathan Gagne's book. Boom. That's it. That's yeah. all you get. <laughs> That's literally my, <laughs> my answer. Like, yeah. once, you can, once you can formulate Jonathan Gagne's book into your own words, and yes. explain it to your four-year-old, uh, you know, nie- uh, <laughs> you know, niece. Yeah. Then, uh, then yeah, then that's we it. can have another conversation. <laughs> and at that point, I don't have anything. I don't have too. anything to tell you. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's a very powerful book. Um, cool. Uh, man, shout out to Barista Kev right here dropping this question. Mm. Uh, what is something you wish you knew when starting a coffee business? Oh man. Gosh, how, which way do you take it? Philosophically, uh, yeah. like so many ways to take this. Um, um, I, I mean, we talked about this last podcast. Like one of our challenges right now is green coffee storage. Mm-hmm. I wish I had more information, especially more from information. our roasting yeah. perspective. I wish I had someone just told me how important green mm-hmm. coffee storage is. And broke it down what that means yeah. and how to work around it. Yeah. Um, Man, what is something you wish you knew when starting a coffee business? To be honest, um, I wish I I wish I worked for a roasting company longer. That's really yeah, that's true. just hands-on experience. I worked for a roasting company for about a year and a half, and then I moved to another roasting company mm-hmm. for about a year, maybe a little longer. Um, and that I felt was just still not enough. I wish I stayed mm-hmm. actually out woods for the entire time. Mm-hmm. I was just intrigued by the behind the bar role, which I worked behind the bar. It was great. Um, I loved, my, I mean, Primer provided me with some just incredible opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I'm forever grateful, but I wish I stood at one spot a little longer. Yeah. Um, but that gets complicated. Anyways, I wish I just had more roastery experience yeah. before. Um, uh, another uh, very similar question. I mean, somebody... Oh, we had actually another question asked best V60 recipe, but we just answered that. Um, another question, any tips at pour overs at home? I know we, I know we just went over this a little bit, but anything else you'd want to add? I'd say get uh, perfect coffee water packets. Oh, dude, that was easy. That that was good. Yeah. Yeah. That I think is probably one of the most under talked about underrated things out of everybody that I've watched on on YouTube, Instagram, um, there's not enough talk about water. And to yeah. be honest, we did a water test on our YouTube channel, so go ahead and check that out if you really want to know more. But it makes a world of a difference. No matter yeah. how good of a brewer you are, bad water is bad coffee. That's yeah. it. 
especially if you have very, very, uh, like, uh, fl- soft water. I mean, I don't care how much agitation you do. If your water <laughs> doesn't have en- enough minerals in it to extract <laughs> the goodies, you're not going to get anything tasty in your cup. Yeah, man, that's, yeah, that's powerful and that's unfortunate. Um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Um, man, we're just running out of time or maybe we should just make this podcast longer. Uh, uh, this comes from Noah. He says, what's more important? Question mark. The advancement of the SCI or making it more inclusive, but I feel like he meant SCA. Unless uh, you know what SCI I don't stands know what for. SCI in that context. It, I, possibly SCA. I that's that's my hunch, but re- I maybe, reread it with like SCA. The uh what's more important? The advancement of the SCA or making it more inclusive? Uh, gosh. The advancement of the specialty coffee association or making specialty coffee association more inclusive. I feel like maybe it's more advancement, um, maybe in a technical term. Okay. But I don't I don't know. I may be taking this wrong, but I'm just gonna still answer it as if yeah. it is the SCA. Yeah. Um and I may be the wrong person to answer this, but I'm just throwing something right off the cuff off my head. Um I don't think it's a or situation. Yeah. I think it's an and situation yeah. that advancement and inclusivity need to go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, both of those, um, I think, yeah, I think they just need to go hand yeah. in hand. That's, That's my a, take. That reminds me of the con- last conversation I had with Cole McBride when uh-huh. he said, uh, man, the SCA needs to have a campaign that looks more like got milk. Um, And the reason he brought that up was we were chatting about the fact like not enough people know about specialty coffee. Mm -hmm. And especially when cafes are opening up in areas with a demographic that's not familiar with specialty, Mm -hmm. education has to happen. And um, Mm -hmm. to that degree, I think like one, the SEA needs to be more advanced in their education to the general consumer. Or to the general public. And it needs to be way more inclusive of the general public in its education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's both. uh, I'm not going to spend too much more time on that because I don't know. Maybe we understood SCI wrong. Yeah. Um, So uh, sorry about that, but hopefully that answers some of your questions. Um, Cool. Um, We got a question. uh, it was a pretty complex and deep one, uh, asking us, um, what are your favorite and unique forms of collaboration between coffee businesses? Um, and it was complex mm. and I added for clarification cause I was mm-hmm. like intrigued by this, but they said, uh, sure. What are, where, what are innovative collaborations that really impressed y'all? Or maybe what are some coffee events that you thought were really effective in creating good conversation around coffee within a local community. Mm-hmm. Um, or even just what are some model examples of healthy relationships between coffee businesses that you would call synergis- synergistic Synergetic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and promoted the overall scene for a local community. Yep. So I, I kind of get what you're saying. Um, and honestly, this is actually a conversation that Sergi and I have talked about a lot. Um, and it's something that we, I think we envision mirror to kind of become 
for at least our local community. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little, a little deviating from the question, but uh, we've all, always talked about is like, how can we create events that would be beautiful for the coffee community, but also being able to suck in people that are not in the coffee community, like yeah. a cool event that you would show up regardless if you're in coffee or not, but that would be coffee centric. Yeah. Um, but also how can we, how can we bring the producer the producer's story to the coffee people, the baristas here in town. And then how can we bring the baristas, the workers behind the bar to the producers? Yeah. And figuring out a way to combine them. We have some ideas. Um, We're pretty pumped on them. Mm -hmm. We're hoping it'll unravel, but I think those things are so important. And one thing I will say is back when I used to work at Primer, um, which this kind of ties in with the podcast that's coming up next weekend, which guys, it's going to be, it's going to be a tasty one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, one of the producers from Guatemala came to primer and hosted like a little, like a Ted talk mm-hmm. with all of us baristas. It was free coffee on the bar. Like, uh, people came in. It was such a rad event that just, um, it was, ex- it was just exciting. Yeah. And I don't, that was something that I'm like, Oh, like this is the producer. Like, like the guy just, this is origin. Mm-hmm. And that I wish we had more of. Um, that's also not to say uh, latte art throwdowns are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Coffee Fest SCA is cool. But um, anyways, any thoughts on that? Uh, too many. What you said, I don't know how much I want to give away because we've been brainstorming so much and it's like awesome stuff we want to drop. But um the idea of taking um, consumer stories back to origin, um, I think is is unreal, is like phenomenal. I mean, like you said, like when a producer comes and sets an event um, for the consumer, there's oh. that bond. But imagine the bond on the other side when the consumer, like coffee drinker, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not even saying like coffee professional. Yeah. Imagine just your everyday coffee drinker yeah. is putting on an event at origin for the producer. Yeah. Like that I think would be powerful. Um, yeah. but you know, things at work. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think, I think, um, from what we've seen, I think latte art throwdowns are still, I mean, call them overrated, but they're such a good time. Like it's still fun. It, yeah. It's just such a good blast. I mean, even though I know most coffee, most latte art throwdowns, I get kicked out the first two rounds, whatever. I'll show up. I'll pour something yeah. sloppy. It's just, it's just fun. It's hype, you know, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. So, and that always kind of, it's such a cool networking event. Also yeah. there's insane amounts of people that I've met just from being at the event, hanging yeah. out there. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's been really fun. Um, Final little collab that I want to highlight that really warmed my heart was when um, uh, Cat and Cloud did a coffee blend for Nicely um, because Nicely was in the hospital, to those of you who know. Um, mm-hmm. And there's two like California brands. I think they may even be like almost in the same city. I don't I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly, but the fact to see that like camaraderie and friendship yeah, that and was powerful. like. Man, a you can say a competing like coffee company like basically created a blend to sell to raise money for another barista at another cafe in California. Like, yeah, that that was like, oh man, that felt so good to see to see that happen. 
Yeah, there there's a lot to talk about on that question because I think we're just um, we're just barely scratching the surface. Yeah. NFTs. I think, what's up? I said NFTs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Big there's deal, way yeah. too many collabs. Yeah, there's yeah. and there's so much that has has yet to be tapped into, but mm-hmm. it's gonna take the most creative people stepping out the most comfortable uh, boxes and circumstances and doing something that's mm-hmm. like out of the ordinary. I think it's gonna happen. Um, you will see more of that. Like, I mean, Coffee Fest started off with this small little coffee fest. And yeah. now it's like Coffee Fest this, Coffee Fest that. It's like all over the country. And yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, for it's sure. fun. It's a um, good one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have... Uh, cool. And let's, uh, for time's sake, let's wrap up on this one. I think this is a solid one, um, which we're going to have way too much to say about. But... Uh, mm. Uh, I think once you said you also have a day job, exclamation mark. How do y'all balance work, life, small business? Mm. Oh, man. We don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we balance anything. We hold everything in tension, um, which yeah. I don't necessarily think it's bad. Like, I, I don't think you need to have, like, an equal amount of, uh, like, this side of your life to balance out this side of your life. You just need to know how the whole thing dances together. Um, and it's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, yeah. Working 40 hours behind the bar and then Mm -hmm. roasting, like you're pulling 14, 16 hour days sometimes, um, trying to figure out how to sleep in between, but then also like trying to figure out friends, family, like all of that. It's super hard. No doubt. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have a balance. That's for sure. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, this is a pretty broad question. Um, I don't think that, two two thoughts that are going through my head. I, I don't know how I feel about the work-life balance concept. Yeah. Um, as if you're supposed to separate work from life. Um, in some cases, yes, you do need to separate those things. Um, in some cases, um how can we shift as a society from thinking of work as this um, demonizing work as this burden um, that's something you have to like spend eight hours out and then you race home to find this enlightened life outside of it. And then, Oh man, you work your five days and you're just waiting for the weekend. Um, I think that makes life really difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's really binary. Yeah. It's hard. Um, so I think I think there's something beautiful in saying um, work and is part of life and uh, yeah. life is just part of work. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, I think there's also I also don't like that we've thought about work life balance as something that you reach mm-hmm. and you achieve. Yeah. Kind of a little bit with like the self help realm. Yeah. Where it's like something that. Um, you achieve and then you're like good mm-hmm. because especially, especially at running a business, but you can take this, take what we're saying and imply, apply it to your life. Even if you're working a nine to five job, well, how do you work a nine to five job plus have extracurricular activities, friends, family yeah. for yourself, laundry, all this stuff, grocery mm-hmm. shop, whatever. Um, um, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Where was I going with this? saying much there's it sounded like you were saying like there's way too many categories if you're gonna start 
trying to balance oh, and partition yes. everything. Yeah. Yes. Um, especially with small business life. Um, small business life uh, is never uh, cut and dry mm-hmm. and cut and neat. Yeah. Uh, yes, for sure. Some days I work two hours. Mm-hmm. That's my work day. There. Some days I have a three-day weekend, four-day weekend, five-day weekend. Some days, most days, I don't have any weekends at all. Mm-hmm. And that is something to get used to and think about work-life balance as something that you're always reevaluating every single day and realizing like, yeah, sure, I can work a lot this week. Mm-hmm. But if my mental health or, or if I need to prioritize something else next week, then I need to do that. Yeah. So it's always this tension that I love that you said dance because it's like what I what came to mind was like you're dancing and then maybe you might step on somebody else's toes or mm-hmm. you might, you know, do a wrong move and it might turn your body a little differently. And yeah. you're, you're just learning how to um, how to navigate this beautiful thing. And yeah. it's ever changing. So it's not something that you can just simply achieve through a beautiful right now daily routine and schedule. Yeah. It's more of like every day you're trying to maneuver like how do I not forget about family and friends and gatherings and, um, you know, r- religious practices or all these things, yeah. meditation, grocery shopping and, yeah. and then work. And, yeah. you know, like how can we look at it as like this holistic thing that we get to navigate as we go? Yeah. Um, but to answer your question... I also want to throw out some practical things because that was very philosophical. And it's like, well, you didn't give me anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think being self-aware and leaving time every single, like every day, leaving some time, even if that's just five minutes to breathe and think mm-hmm. about like, how am I doing? Yeah. Reflection. Yeah. Yeah. Reflecting back and fi- kind of just monitor your, reflect on yourself, practice a lot mm-hmm. of introspection and realize yeah. like, Man, this week I've just getting been getting extremely frustrated at random things. Yeah. Why is that happening? Oh, yeah. there's something imbalanced there. Yeah. Something's taking over. And just that, um, I've just had to learn how to get into that zone and always be f- having room to reflect. And yeah. 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 I think that's part of training your mind. Like, and um, you know. For a lot of folks, that's like religious practices. And for a lot of folks, that's just having religious practices that are not really spiritual. Because I think to a degree, like majority of us like practice something on a regular basis, mm-hmm. which I would call that's a form of religious practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think those practices are actually very beneficial to um, take it from moving from like the idea of balance into the idea of dance or even tension. Mm -hmm. Because the way I see, like, the reason balance doesn't make sense to me is because I see it as, like, man, imagine a rope is just laying on the ground and just a pile of rope. Mm -hmm. In order to make that rope straight, you have to, like, create a tension. And then it's a tight rope. And then guess what you can do on a tight rope? Mm -hmm. You can walk it. Yeah. Um, but if it's just in a pile, you can step on it, but you can't walk the rope. Yeah. Um, so it needs to do that. And I think creating these practices, creating space for those practices, mm-hmm. um, whether that's sitting and meditating, where whether that's just processing your thoughts. Mm-hmm. For a lot of folks, like, you know, a walk in nature mm-hmm. helps settle them down, um, calm yeah. the anxiety, but also bring focus back. Or yeah. it may be journaling, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many different avenues, but you need to find your avenue. Yeah. Um, you yeah. need to find that space for you 
to be able to not only unwind and relax, but to bring back focus to what your core values are. Totally. Yeah. And uh, with something like this, um, I also want to say like, there's no right or wrong answer. Like what works for me is my probably won't work for you. Mm -hmm. And what works for you probably won't work for me. And um, (laughs) there's a sense of comparison in here too, at least for me, um, where, you know, if somebody can pull off 14 hour days, five days a week mm-hmm. and you can't, that's fine. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Yeah. But also keeping in mind, like if you can manage like a high pace workflow in your life yeah. and somebody else sees that as unhealthy for them, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. H- hustle mentality can be pretty toxic. Yeah. But that's course. also like, yeah. Uh, like how do you define hustle? Is that 14 hour days? Or is that eight? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Some successful people have said, like, they only work, what, six six hours a day or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then other successful mm-hmm. people have said, dude, they work, like, 14 to 16. Yeah. It's, like, it comes down to, like, you know, one, like, how do you define work? Like, is it also, like, I, I guess it doesn't come down to but that alone, but that's one aspect of it. Because is it really work for you and I to brew a cup of coffee for the morning? Yeah. You know what I mean? And is it like if we discover something in that pour over that's going to change how we brew pour over in the cafe, should we log that as admin hours? <laughs> like, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. how technical do you want to get? Yeah. And like, what are your definitions of these elements? Mm-hmm. And I think, yes, there's a lot of concepts that can be pretty toxic. But I think like there's also a lot of things that mm-hmm. we need to take basically ownership of. Yeah, yeah and figure that out on our own and then see what's healthy for us. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, that could just be its own podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and there's so much more to see to that. So I uh, just want to give a little shout out to y'all who uh, chimed in your questions. Uh, thank you so much. Um, it's always nice to hear from you guys also throwing our input and um, think this discussion was beneficial. So um, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, This wraps up our episode. Once again, guys, stay tuned for next week's podcast. Uh, If all goes well, uh, there's going to be something tasty next week. Stay tuned. And um, yeah, we're pretty pumped about it. So um, that's a wrap, folks. We'll catch you guys in the next one.